welcome everybody and uh, welcome to the second of our two-parter podcasts. Uh, we have two across Christmas and New Year so do keep an eye out for those on social media and today we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions and setting realistic goals in sobriety and then moving on to sort of have a chat around uh, self-compassion and how we can be kinder to ourselves. Um, I think that's a big issue a lot of people including myself have and that can be a big barrier to um, sort of moving forward into recovery so I thought it might be quite nice for me and Lee uh, to have a chat about that and our own experiences as well. Hi Lee, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. So that's not too bad at all. And how are you doing today? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. I think everyone probably knows we're uh, not uh, together in person today, sadly. But um, No, we're not. We're, um, <laughs> yes, all um, keeping ourselves safe through this very difficult time in COVID. Yeah, yeah. But as we, uh, we just have to take it as it comes. I hope everyone else out there is um, doing okay. And uh, hope you enjoy the show. So, really, I hate New Year's. Oh, it's a thing, isn't it? I uh, I would always set myself completely unrealistic resolutions and just think that I would get up one morning, do it for a day, and be changed forever. And uh, it's taken yeah. me a long time <laughs> and, a, and a lot of going around in circles to realise that that just isn't the case. How about you, Lee? How are you with New Year's resolutions? Um, in back in the day, in, in active addiction, I would always. I think for me, New Year's is you're coming to the end of the year, and I would always realise how bad the year would be, and always it would be a very depressing time for me coming up to New Year. I'd realise what had happened, and I would always start the New Year with a firm resolution. Now, my New Year's resolutions were never really realistic. I wouldn't say to myself, right, I'm going to work on this, maybe you know, stop using this, reduce down on my drugs, and you know, and and do things slowly and work towards the plan of actually getting clean. I would always make this definite thing yeah come January it's going to be very different I'm going to stop everything and life will be amazing so it was always completely <laughs> unrealistic I mean but um, I'm that type of person it's all or nothing well it used to be all or nothing um, <laughs> um, yeah but, but that was a few, few years ago I mean it's different now I think do you know what's quite funny I I like New Year's now because I get to look back at my year and, and for over seven years now I've had good years where to the best of my, you know, the best of my ability throughout the year, I haven't caused any harm to anyone, anyone else or myself. I haven't behaved inappropriately to, to my family. You know, I haven't caused any carnage in people's lives. And I've looked back on, you know, on every New Year's Eve, actually, for the last few years and, and just thought, you know, what I want for next year is just to improve on myself. And, you know, if I have another year like I've had this year, I'll take it. So mm. I'm okay with them now. Hmm. So you've had what about a, yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, you've had a few New Year's to kind of um, get to grips with, you know, going through this sort of, it's the expectations of New Year's for me. You know, I always fell into the trap of, you know, New Year, New Start, New Me, and I would run before I could walk. I, I think mm. that's probably the best way to put it. You know, I'd want to fix everything all at once and suddenly wake up one day, not be an addict you know, not, not, not be unwell and have everything fall into place. And it's just this really unrealistic expectation that you've got to achieve all of these things, or, you know, in the new year. 
And yeah. I think that 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 pressure, whether it be actually being put on you or you know you have you've just made that impression, you're putting the pressure on yourself. I, I think I would set myself up to fail, um, and it just it be it just became quite disheartening. So I sort of made a resolution not to make resolutions. And funnily enough, the the one year, the the year last year, where I made a resolution not to put a pressure on myself to make a resolution, is the year I actually got sober, because I wasn't setting myself really ridiculous, you know, unachievable, unattainable goals that would only make me feel even worse for not when you don't achieve them. Yeah. Right, right. And we're, you know, we're so good at that. And, you know, I can't, I always say, you know, us collectively as addicts, but there are certain traits I think we, a lot of you could probably relate to in that. You know, we set ourselves up to fail, we self sabotage, we set ourselves unrealistic standards, and we'll go into it more later, but then that will give us a perfect example to beat ourselves around the head with a stick and tell ourselves we're terrible. Oh, and then we're back into, you know, self soothing. Um, yeah. that, those feelings so it's it's a bit of a it's a cycle I think that can be broken it's something that I'm very passionate about and, and really really interested in is how can we you know do this better in a, in a, in a kinder way in a, in a in a step-by-step way I think small changes are where it's at I don't know about you Lee I know you know going into the recovery is a big change but within that Within that, I think there are small things that you can resolve to do, or it's not even action, it's ways of seeing the world around you that might make your New Year's a little bit easier. Well, I think you have to look at it, like you say, it has to be realistic. Because I I told you what I used to be like, it was literally all or nothing. I wanted to turn around 25, 26 years of drug addiction in one day, and it was never going to happen. And like you said, when them things don't happen... I beat myself up even more for it because you know you're you know you're never going to get clean. You're not worth getting clean, and and I'm great at doing that. And my my addiction will feed into that, and it will just make it worse. So small achievable goals, I think. Um, you don't have to change the world in one day. You don't have to change everything in one day, but set yourself something measurable that you can do. And also, I think a big thing about you know recovery, especially over this time of the year is some self-love because I used to think, you know, loving yourself was egotistical. And and when I say self-love, I don't mean that. I mean, realizing that, you know, you're worth recovery, that you are worth a better, a better life and having that as part of your toolkit of working forwards um, in your life. Could not agree with that more. Uh, I I know we'll um, sort of talk more about that as well today is, um, you know, knowing your worth, you know, when when I, when I speak to um, you know our lovely alumni members, a lot of that conversation is around reminding you know people that they're worth their recovery. Um, you know, they're worth you know they're worth being sober. They deserve to have a life that is a good life. And I, I think that when when you are you know, in addiction, your self confidence and your self worth just get stripped away. You know, I don't know they about get you, absolutely Lee, battered, the don't they? It is, it, it is absolutely soul destroying. Addiction is so soul destroying. And it's, you know, I don't know about you, but I can only speak for myself. You know, at the end of my my sort of journey before I came into recovery, I could not be in a room by myself. I could not look at myself in the mirror, you know, because I did not like 
what was looking back at me. And every time I set myself these, you know, these unrealistic standards that we've been talking about and relapsed. And, you know, every time I went around that circle, it just got worse and worse. And I think the only way that I, again, my own experience, the only way that I have been able to succeed in my recovery this time around is by breaking down what is a huge task into small, achievable things. And I really like what you say, you know, um, you don't have to change the world in a day. And there's a saying in, in the rooms I really like, which is it's progress, not perfection. And, and yes. I think, I think again, you know, it comes back to this. You have to be perfect. You have to get it right on the first try. No, you don't. You can just do your best and make small steps in the right direction. And, and I think that's really, you know, the best that a lot of us can do. We can't change the world in a day and we don't have to. But the way I think a lot of people's minds work, certainly the people, you know, I talk to on the phone or the people I talk to on the phone are looking for help could be their first point of contact or they're looking at coming into treatment is they want everything now they want to do everything now and it tends to be a problem with addiction is i don't want to be waiting two or three weeks for an appointment at the local community drug and alcohol team i i want everything now and it then it can transfer into recovery as well especially in my first few years i really struggled with you know working towards things um and actually being able to plan things out properly um but I think the way I got around it myself was to try and say, okay, you want this, this is the end result that you want for, you know, there was lots of things that I wanted to do with my life when I got clean because, you know, I'd lost a, a lot of a big chunk of my life. Um, it's setting myself goals to work, to work towards them. And that's been things like personal training to get to where I am now. Obviously meeting a woman and taking it very slow with, with my, who's now my wife, but you know, sort of working towards these things and realizing that you can't have everything now. But the addict mentality in me is, um, I don't want to have to wait. I want to, you know, now or yesterday immediately. Um, and the thing that you spoke about as well is the self-worth. And I, I, you know, go back to this a little bit is, it took me a long time to realize that I was worth worth recovery and worth saving and it took and I was probably the last person to notice the change in me because everyone else is saying you know well you've really changed or behaving differently and but I couldn't see it but little by little the longer I've stayed clean um the more I've come to realize it that you know I am worth saving. I am worth a life. I do deserve a life the same as everybody else who will be listening to this deserves something better than maybe what they're going through at the moment. And that's very important to hang on to that because this time of year, you know, coming up to New Year, people in active addiction, it is very, very hard. Um, I don't know about you, Celeste, but on New Year, I used every day of the year, but Christmas and New Year, I ramped it up to a point where, wow, it's just it was another level because oh, yeah. I felt I had to do it to enjoy it. And and the thing is, it made it all worse. I wasn't enjoying it. It just made everything ten times worse. I mean, start, starting the new year with, uh, you know, oh, I, I don't even, I don't even, I don't think I can even say on here how awful my New Year's were. Um, and, you know, you start and it's like, you know, talk about starting as you mean to go on. You know, I'd you know I'd have a two week hangover, straight you know come down. You know because I'd started the new year on an absolute high. You know, put it into the word. You know, no pun intended. But it was just <laughs> ridiculous. It was always just the most. It was the best excuse to go absolutely, you know, off track. Um, 
And it, and again, maybe we're going off a bit, a bit off topic here, but it, again, it's that societal expectation. Hey, it's New Year's. Let's all get messed up, you know. Let's be honest. You know, yeah. it, it's hugely based around partying and alcohol. And everyone has a free reign to drink as much as they like. And if you're in recovery, especially if you're in early recovery, my alumni people, yeah, you know, I know you're out there, you are... You know, you are going to have to use some tools potentially to get through this new year and to set yourself, you know, a good starting point for the for 2022. And and really, I think Lee, I think you 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 know you you said it really well. You know, I know you said you wanted it straight away, but what you did do is you looked at what you wanted and just started working slowly towards those things. And it's quite interesting because, you know, you, you said, oh, you know, you've got into a relationship. Part of my journey is learning to be me without a relationship. You know, I, I, um, I, I have someone close in my life, um, but it's, it's, it's learning to be okay on my own and to be, um, self-sufficient and not need validation so much from other people and I've never really been on my own because I've always felt I've needed somebody else to make me feel good about myself and actually recovery is showing me that this year I can start my year learning to sort of love myself and not have to sort of have codependent relationships and and you know depend on other people as much as perhaps I've done in the past Uh, certainly people that have encouraged me to um, carry on in my addictive behaviors Um, I think you know I I think you know talking about these small things you know they don't have to be physical things they can be something as simple as you know resolving to lean on people for support I think people in addiction including myself certainly I find it really difficult to ask for what I need to say to someone you know hi I'm actually struggling a bit today do you mind if we don't do this or you know um, I'm not feeling so great today I might you know want to take some time out or can I come and see you you know just asking for what you need from people that that can actually really break the cycle of isolation I I don't know what you think about that Lee but I think isolation is a really big issue in addiction and certainly in recovery yeah it turns people i mean isolation is a big thing for most people in addiction and it can actually transfer over to recovery as well i mean most people's world shrink down i mean my world shrank down to my living room in active addiction where it would be i would see the drug dealers i would see the guy at the chemist who gave me my methadone and of course i got the off license and that would be my my world so coming into recovery, and there are going to be people listening to this who are in active addiction. There's also going to be people in this and listening to this in early recovery as well. Is the biggest thing. One of the biggest things I learned in my early recovery is it's okay not to be okay, and it's mm. okay to ask for help. Because I, I, I don't know about you. Because I used to think that I can't phone anybody and tell them I'm struggling. What will they think of me? You know, they won't want to talk to me. But I feel honoured when someone phones me because I know a lot of people in the in the fellowships that I'm a part of and I yeah. take a lot of newcomers numbers I speak to them when they phone me and say do you know what Lee I'm struggling I'm honored to help them and I mean I'm sure you feel the same Celeste. Oh I'm so glad you said that I uh, had a bit of an experience um, myself with that when when I first got my sponsor <clears throat> um, she was like you know call me call me you know as much as you need and uh, I really struggled to do that because every time I picked up the phone I went back to sort of childhood me and and sort of you know early just a different state of mind where I was like I'm being a burden on this 
person, you know, I'm bothering their day. And actually, um, it's true what you say, you know, anyone who feels weird about reaching out, especially, you know, to sponsor or people that have specifically said, you know, reach out to me, you know, in the fellowship or, or outside of the fellowship, you really do make their day. You're helping them as much as you're helping yourself. It's a mutual relationship. We all need each other in recovery. And actually, excuse me, you know, excuse me, in, um, you know, you know, that's a big part of the fellowship is, you know, helping another alcoholic, having, helping another person, you know, is, um, or addict is, is, you know, that helps you in your own recovery. So yeah, absolutely reach out because you don't know that that person you're calling might have needed you to call them. You might, you might be getting them out, getting them out of a bit of a tight spot. You're helping them feel useful. You're connecting over, you know, a common, you know, common ground, common feelings and yeah. emotions. And I think, yeah, I just think that's really important. And it does mean you have to be vulnerable, but the more you do it, the easier it gets, I think. Um, and that vulnerability, um, for me, is where <clears throat> real recovery starts to happen, when you start opening up and leaning on people. Yeah, I agree with you. I do agree with you. And I think any time in the year it can be difficult to be by yourself because I've said it before. I think I've said it before on a podcast. I say it a lot in meetings that alone I'm very weak. Alone I can't stay clean. But as a group of people, you know, as a group, we can. And it's the reason you have smart recovery, you have the fellowships, you know, the the A's, the anonymous fellowships. We use group work and treatment as well. It's all to do with the group of people supporting each other because together we are strong and there should never be any shame or anything about reaching out. Because I I mean, I, you know, a few years behind me now, but I still speak to my sponsor. I still have what you would probably think of as a support network, a group of friends that I trust who I reach out to um, on a regular basis because I need to, I need support even now. And I'm not ashamed to admit that it's probably the strongest thing I think anybody can do is actually, you know, realizing alone can't do it and ask for help. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. that That's a bit of a motto really for me. You know, it, 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 sort of reaching out and asking for help is a very strong thing to do. It's the opposite of weakness, isn't it? Um, our addiction yeah. wants us to be, you know, our addictions want us isolated. That's the end game, right? Yeah, and the opposite so, of that is know, connection, and that's what you yeah. need in recovery is connection. Yeah. So you know, that could be something that you kind of write down on paper or have in your mind. You know, I want to, you know, I'm going to make an effort to stay connected to people around me. That is doable. It's achievable. You don't have to do anything else if you don't want to. You know, if that's the one thing that you can do to help your recovery, then do that one thing. Obviously, if you, you know, you're feeling like you want to, you know, do a bit more, then there are other things for you to think about. You know, one big thing for me this year, a huge theme for me and has been absolutely momentous in my recovery is um, gratitude. Um, I have probably a lot of eyeball rolling going on out there. Oh gosh, you know, but actually, not from me, science, but I know what you mean. It's science, <laughs> you know, say what you want, but it really can turn your, you know, your thinking from a negative spiral round to something very different and get you out of a tight spot. And that negative spiral, obviously, in recovery, um, you know, if that if that gets, you know, if, if you don't put do something about that, then 
you know, you, you, you're on sort of shaky ground. Um, and I, I think gratitude and, and being aware of what's good in my life um, has been a huge, huge tool. And you don't have to write a gratitude list if you don't want to. I do. I find uh, actually, again, science, writing it down um, sort of makes it, uh, it cements it. Um, and it can be extremely therapeutic to do that. Do you have a gratitude diary or anything like that, Lee? Or you just have to be honest with you? Um, <laughs> no, not anymore. Um, <laughs> no. I used to do. Um, when I first got clean, I used to do a gratitude list every evening. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Now, and I agree. It used. And I didn't. I didn't just used to sit down and rattle ten things off that I was grateful for. They used to take me a good sort of thirty minutes or so to sit down and really nice. think why I'm what I've got to be grateful for throughout the day. But what I've got into now is I have um as you know, I'm in the fellowship, I have a very strong sponsor and he says to me, mm-hmm. I want you to show me your gratitude through your actions. So yeah. for me that's um you know, being a good person at home, coming to work, doing the best job I can, being being a good father, like taking my I'm going out with my daughter this evening, um, helping people in in recovery, giving my time freely to other people, show that I am that I'm grateful rather than just writing it down. But I I don't think. You know, I, I can see that, like you say, the science behind it, the reasoning behind gratitude. Listen, I've done one for quite a long time in my early recovery, but now it's more just about putting action in in my life to show that I am grateful for my recovery. And this yeah. is the thing I also think about, especially this time of year, is the gratitude. I have to keep it paramount. I have to remain, you know, grateful for my sobriety and my recovery because if I start slipping out of that, and that would be things like isolating away, not talking to anyone in recovery, you know, not showing any gratitude for my life, start feeling a little bit sorry for myself because it's Christmas and everyone's drinking and I'm not. I'm on dangerous ground there all over Christmas, all New Year with, with this going on. So I will, and I was at a meeting last night, I will be doing more for my personal recovery than I probably do all year and I do a lot throughout the year but over Christmas I'll be sort of taking things up another gear um, to a point where I've got a list of meetings on Christmas Day and once we've done Christmas dinner I'm going to lock myself away in my bedroom for a few hours and sit on a couple of Zoom meetings because I, I, I think I'm probably going to need it. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. You know, um, for for someone like yourself who's been you know you're you've been in recovery for you know a fair while now to still feel the need to do the extra work I think really highlights that it doesn't matter how long you've been in recovery whether this is your first Christmas and New Year like mine um, and you know a lot of my um, uh, alumni out there um, you know or whether you've been sober for you know 20 years you still have to do that work you still have to be vigilant and you know it's um, it's easy to go, oh, woe is me, you know, I have to do this work, why don't, you know, why don't other people have to do it? But for me, um, like yourself, I am so grateful to have my sobriety um, and any of the, the things that are difficult about it are far outweighed by the benefits that I gain from, from continued sobriety. And, um, you know, I'll never forget, I think I mentioned, might even, even mentioned it in the last podcast, you know, um, I, I once had a lady I was talking to and we were talking about uh, being rebellious and, you know, we like to drink and other things because we're rebellious. Now, for me, sobriety is the ultimate rebellion. And um, I think that 
again, if you're feeling sorry for yourself and, you know, you're not enjoying the fact that you're the only one not drinking, turn it around, you know, have a bit of positivity about your situation, own it, you know, own your sobriety and um, just enjoy Christmas for what it is. You know, we don't yeah. need the substances that we've relied on for so long to connect with them, the people around us. Um, for me, I, I, I'm I really looking forward. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to having a, a, a sober Christmas so I can truly connect with my family for the first time. It's a big yeah. thing. Um, and um, I think as long as we... Oh, it's all, amazing. You know, first sober Christmas. That's just, It's fantastic. <laughs> Honestly. It's, yeah. Recovery rocks. I, I mean, think I think recovery is like... It's not boring, is it? It's um, <laughs> no, totally different to what people me. think. I am like a little <laughs> kid this year. I have never been so excited about Christmas because, I don't know, all of the bullshit has just been stripped away excuse my French and I uh, I feel like I'm a kid again and you know I'm not get, I'm not saying there might be times where I'm thinking oh that glass of champagne looks nice you know but I am secure that I have the tools and I have the 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 I don't know what the right word is um I just feel very comfortable um, with with my decision to be in sobriety, and there's really not much that's gonna, um, you know, take that take that away from me. But you know, it, it can be wobbly time, um, and I think, you know, just um, I think we spoke about it a bit more sort of last time. You know, put down those boundaries, take space if you need to. Uh, actual New Year's Eve. Now that that's a good one. I, I don't know about. Um, yourself Lee I actually have friends in the fellowship who are engaging and and you know potentially going out if you know if that happens um I've decided not to I've actually decided to remove myself entirely from those temptations and have a nice quiet new year's in and again bit of self-care um and enjoying yeah. some time with myself um you know uh, or if you're lucky enough you know spend it with your family and you know have a quiet one yeah, I've um, I don't um, so I don't have any plans New Year. I am actually working till eight o'clock New Year's Eve. So, so um, oh, you, it's, you pulled um, the short straw. <laughs> well, no, I could have been working till half ten. So I've actually had a touch. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> I will be. I mean, I don't know. I think what will probably happen is I'll finish work. We'll be working from home. I'll go downstairs. My wife will be having a few glasses of champagne, and I'll just watch watch TV and see the New Year in with her. And I think for if you would have told me. You know, this is my eighth, eighth Christmas, but if you'd have told me nine years ago that that's what I would have been doing, I would have said that would have been boring um, and I wouldn't want to do that. You know, I would have wanted to do that. I'd By sort of 10 o'clock, you know, usually, and if they're all honesty, by 10 o'clock I'm passed out usually on New Year's Eve. Actually, on a side note, on the Millennium, which was the big one, wasn't it, the year 2000, yeah. I had actually drunk so much throughout the day, I was asleep by 8 o'clock at night and completely missed everything. So everyone's celebrating oh. all over the world and I'm asleep. So... <laughs> you have one job, Lee, one job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and I pride myself on it. Well, I used to pride myself on the amount I could drink. But um, no, so I mean, right. for me, it is. <laughs> I just look at it as it's. For me, it's just normal now in terms of that for me is a nice evening. I had enough carnage and, 
you know, ruined enough lives for many, many years that I can know now that I'm just going to get through Christmas and New Year. I'm going to be okay. It might not be everything that my mind would want it to be, but I'm going to be comfortable and peaceful and I'm sure I'm going to have a nice time and I'm just going to keep myself safe. Really how we've discussed, and it doesn't for me matter if, you know, you're, you know, brand new in recovery, a few months in recovery or a few years or lots of years, we all still have to do the same stuff um, in different variations because people access recovery differently, but they will be doing something to work on themselves to get themselves through this difficult time because, you know, it can be very difficult. Um, It can be very difficult for people. So we'll all be doing stuff to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it might be a good idea if you want, especially if you're new in, um, I, I, I'm doing the same, is, is, is to, you know, write down a little toolkit. You know, what are the things I can do? Uh, what would, you know, what am I hoping to um, achieve in the new year? How can I do that? You know, write things down, you know, do, do a little brainstorm. Um, I really like what you said about, um, you know, uh, just peace, you know, and then the opposite of that came to mind, which was my previous New Year's and Christmas, which is chaos. You know, yeah. and uh, <laughs> absolute chaos. And uh, I have, I'm just so, again, back to gratitude. I'm just grateful that I no longer have that chaos in my life. Um, you might have partners, you might have friends who are all going out because they're not in recovery. I can understand why that, that might feel, you know, a little bit FOMO, you know. Um, but actually, um, it's, it, I, my partner's going out um at new year's and i've given her my blessings you know she she did speak to yeah. me about it she's like you know i don't have to go out if you don't want me she was like no 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 you go out you have a great time but just accept that i am no longer going to be in those situations with you um and it, it wasn't something we were going to be talking about today but i suppose i just want to hit on that too is, is communication um, you know, if if you are again, it goes back to doing these things that are going to give you the best chance to start your your new year um, on the right stepping. Is you know, if there are any resentments, if there's anything you need to talk to your partners or family members about or friends, you know, don't be scared to have that conversation. Again, reach out, ask for what you need. Um, you know, trust me, they're probably not thinking what you think they're thinking. This is what we do in addiction. We do other people's thinking for them. Yeah, and it's uh, never very good, is it? (laughs) No, it's not. You know, um, and but at the end of the day, again, it's a fellowship saying, you know, what other people think of you is none of your business anyway. You do you, look after yourself, do what you need to do, and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, most definitely, and I think for everybody this Christmas, you know, if if relapse does happen for people it's a case of realizing it is in the end it's a part of your journey and just getting back up and trying again and owning it and reaching out and I was told very early on because I early recovery was difficult for me and I I, and things were quite heavy for me even things that I deal with now and just breeze through them in early recovery everything was a mission absolutely everything was overwhelming and I had people say to me have you drank or used today and I'd say no I haven't and say well today's a winner then and that's the sort of way you have to look at it is every day you get through and you're not drinking and using that has to be a winner no matter what else is happening and over this time of year when you feel that maybe you can't engage with people and you know you're going to be missing out because you know I can still get it now when I'm sitting at a party and everyone's drinking and I feel a little bit separated from people. It's a case of I get through that day without drinking and using and that is a winner every single day. And I'm always grateful for that. Always grateful I don't have to go back to that. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that, you know, there is no way um I'd be in, you know, so happy and in you know, enjoying my recovery so much if it weren't for the fact that I could could just keep it in the day. That is that is the nugget for me. That is the one thing that allows me to maintain my sobriety. The moment I start thinking ahead or, you know, it just becomes so overwhelming. Um, and you know anyone you know who I speak to um, if anyone calls me to talk to if they're having a a difficult time I always say keep it in the day if you can get your head on the pillow sober like you say Lee it's a winner and you can give yourself a pat on the back and then you get up and you take tomorrow as it comes you 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 take what it brings you you know you accept what life brings you you live it on its terms and you know um, I think I think that that sort of acceptance and that just uh, yeah going with the flow and not having the need to control everything um can can be very powerful and I think sometimes you know Christmas and New Year is a chaotic time of year obviously we've got other things going on in you know um in our country as well and it's all you know it's a lot so you know just take it a day at a time if you can do today sober you can you know then move on to the next So having spoken a lot about, you know, New Year's resolutions and moving into the new year and and keeping ourselves sort of safe and moving forward throughout Christmas and New Year, um, self-compassion is something that I am absolutely obsessed with. I believe it is a a big, big part of successful recovery that um, a lot of people either don't know how to practice they're they're just not in a position where they're able to be self-compassionate a lot of us might come from backgrounds where we haven't been taught self-compassion you know it's 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 a lot of uh, a lot of reasons why people in addiction or recovering you know may may have uh, an issue around it I've been practicing self-compassion um for a while now and the more I do it the the, the benefits I see from it are just so powerful and it's like anything it's like a muscle the more you use it the you know the bigger it gets and it it just becomes something that um it kind of clicks into place whenever I need it um so without further ado I just want to like you know go through some bullets really that you might be able to pick up on and, and maybe go a go ahead and, and, and maybe do some more looking up. We're going to have some links in our social media. We've got some amazing content on our on our Instagram. I'll, I'll be signposting that at the end of the episode. So, you know, please do check out our social media. Uh, it's not just selfies. In fact, I don't think there are any selfies on there. It's all info. It's all really interesting stuff. It'll help you. Certainly helped me. So practicing self-compassion, quite simply, is acknowledging your mistakes if you've made mistakes or where you may have gone wrong maybe you've had a slip maybe you've said something rude to someone maybe you've acted the way you wouldn't like to act acknowledge it and let it go just let it go and that's the hardest thing sometimes but the more you do it the easier it gets I think you said Lee didn't you you know it is just about being the best person you can be you don't always get it right but if you go no that's right let the rest go. Progress, right? not perfection, like you said, and that's very true. As long as we're working towards something and trying, then I believe that's good enough. Yeah. Making mistakes is part of the human condition. Remember that. You know, none of us are perfect, um, you know, least of all me. And I, Well, I'm sure Lee is, but I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Practically perfect in every way. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um <laughs> 
Uh, I like this one a lot, um, and this is one I, I sort of come back to. Uh, remember that you are exactly where you need to be right now. Don't rush through life. Um, I think, again, what we were talking about uh, with regard to New Year's resolutions, you know, don't run before you can walk. Just, you know, sit back and enjoy where you are now. Um, I heard a wonderful phrase in my very early days in um, in the fellowship. It's if you've got one hand grabbing onto the past and you've got another one grabbing onto the future, you've got nothing left to grab onto the present. And I always hold on to that. You know, we've only got what's in front of us right now. So, you know. Just remember, wherever you are, that's where you need to be. Yeah. Um, uh, so, again, we've already covered this, to be honest. It's, um, you know, focusing on self-growth rather than improvement. Again, that pressure to be better and, to, you know, get on that escalator of uh, achievement. You know, just do small things, you know, like we were saying, reaching out to people, all of these little nuggets that can that can be really powerful, um, but, but are really very easy and small things to do. Give yourself a hug. Treat yourself as you would a dear friend. It's in the big book, you know, treat, treat yeah. other people um, as, you know, as if they're, they're, they were, what, what's the saying exactly, Lee? I think as if they were a, a sick, sick friend. Yes, but you would um, treat somebody, you would give somebody the same love and kindness as you would a sick friend, yes. You are beautiful. Um, and, you know, it could be just doing something nice for yourself. Um, and really, it all comes back to the same thing. Cut yourself some slack. Give yourself permission to move on to better things. And that is what you're doing by being in recovery. You're taking that step. You've either just taken that first step or you might be heading towards that first step. Um, it doesn't matter where you are in that journey. Just keep moving forward slowly but surely. And uh, that's why we have the saying, you know, wishing you a slow recovery. Yeah, that's very nice. That's very true. And I think for everybody listening to this, just the understanding and realisation that you are worth it, no matter how difficult it's going to get, that you are worth it. You know, I always say, well, I do say sometimes in my shares that, um, you know, I nearly killed somebody once and that person was me. I put myself through so much heartache and anxiety and physic, you know, damaged my body physically, you know, it was terrible in the end. Um, that coming into recovery and, and realizing that staying clean and, and sober and being able to work towards something that you're actually worth doing it for. You know, no matter what happens for me, nothing warrants me picking up that drink or drug, even over this time of year. And I think it's the same for everybody else, realizing that you're worth it. And no matter how difficult or if you are struggling around this time of year, that it's not forever. You're looking at a couple of days and just to get through them and realize that you're worth doing it for. Absolutely. You know, we are all worth recovery. Um, like you say, there's nothing from our past or nothing that we've done or said or that has happened to us that means that we cannot and do not deserve, um, you know, a, a chance to, to live a sober, happy life. And um, I think that's really important to remember. Um, and, you know, if you are struggling, um, again, we always want you to know that you can uh, reach out to us here. Um, we are here all over Christmas. Uh, and I will be here New Year's right Eve. Through, yeah? 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, we, we, don't, we don't close. He's leering. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me a call. I'll be more than happy to take your call. I mean, we don't ever close. We're open Christmas Day. Um, we'd be more than happy to take a call from if you want direct into local services or if you want to arrange private rehab. That can be arranged for you throughout the whole of the Christmas period um, if you feel that's what you need. So, yeah, we'd be more than happy to take a call. Excellent. Same with same with um, uh, our lovely alumni um, team. Um, we I don't know that we're um, in person, but we will be um, able to sort of help you and assist. Um, get in touch with us by the usual means. I'm continuing to reach out to everybody across Christmas and New Year. But please, if you are struggling, do not hesitate to get in touch. The lovely Lee and the uh, rest of the team will point you in uh, mine or uh, my lovely colleague Abdul's direction and we can um, give you some extra support going into the New Year. Right. Thank you, Celeste. I think that's the first time anyone's ever described Abdul as lovely. Oh, poor Abdul. <laughs> I that. <laughs> he will hear it. He will hear this afterwards. <laughs> lovely. He, he might lovely, even leave lovely. that bit in. I doubt it, though. Yeah, he um, might do. <laughs> he might well do. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen to our New Year's episode. Um, remember, it is the second of a two-parter, so you can find them both across all social media uh, platforms and wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Uh, including Spotify. Uh, you can email us at sotipod at ucat.co.uk. So that's sotipod. I always struggle with that. So sotipod at ucat.co.uk. If you'd like to feature or have any topic ideas you want discussed, or if you'd just like to give us some feedback, uh, feel free to share our podcast with your friends and family. The more people, that understand and, and sort of listen um, to our podcast, you know, the more we can benefit people who are in recovery or thinking about recovery or even still in addictive, you know, um, uh, in active addiction um, who would like to learn more about it. Um, we do have a blog about recovery and relapse available on social media. That's coming soon. You can follow us on Instagram at UK Addiction Treatment. That's where you can find the content about um, self-compassion and other really good nuggets of um, info that, that will certainly help if you're struggling. Follow our Facebook page at UK addiction treatment centers again um, lots of content available on there and um, a place for you to get in touch thank you so much everybody both lee and i wish you a very very happy new year and um, a very uh, serene and sober start to 2020 thank you 